hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and fully articulated artificial resuscitation dummy for Epi 137 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, or the Soundcast Soundcast, as the case may be. I mentioned last episode that I'm going to start a movement. I've started it to replace the name podcast with Soundcast, because you know, Apple, as good a company as they are, well, they stopped making the original iPod a couple of years ago. And yes, they still make the nano and stuff, but why should they retain hold of the medium with the vestige of technology in the name? So I've contacted our musical director, Scott Carvey, and asked if he'd be able to retool his portion of our theme song to say Soundcasts instead of Podcasts. And our booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, is getting ready to record new intros and outros for the show that reflect that change as well. It's likely going to take some time to make the switch over, and then will come the long, hard road to getting an entire world to change how they think and talk about the medium of podcasting. But what the heck? I've got nothing better to do with my time. And in fact, our friend Dave in the Cave, former co-host of former podcast Taco Tuesday, is about to start his new show called The Thunder Taco Soundcast. That's right. Anyway, more on that situation as it unfolds. This time around, we bring you an edition of Succotash Chats, featuring my interview with Matt Knudsen, comedian, actor, bon vivant, and host of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. Matt was kind enough to have me and Cole Stratton, co-host of the Pop My Culture podcast, as guests on his Grabbing Lunch podcast when I was in L.A. last year. Since he was recently playing a Tuesday night here in Northern California, I thought I would return the favor... And a few weeks ago, we grabbed dinner at the Piazza D'Angelo in Mill Valley before his show. And here's a little appetizer from that interview. So my first job out of school, I actually went over to uh, Somalia on a ship. Yeah, and it was, we went over there empty, but we were supposed to um, bring back these tanks and jeeps. And the distinction is the USS is Navy. Mm -hmm. The USNS, the United States Naval Ship, that's all civilian. That's oh, all no Richard Marine. Yeah. So I, did not I was know. in the um, AFL-CIO when I was a teenager, and the union is the Seafarers International yeah. Union. Some so. listeners to Sagatash have learned something, <laughs> including me. Right. We'll be getting to my chat with Matt in just a few minutes. Before then, we've got a burst of dirt coming up and a call from a faithful listener via the Spare Min app. And, of course, this important word from our sponsor. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, with the summer winding down and the days getting shorter, it's a sure sign that it's back to school time. While kids might be grumbling that their fun is about to end, they can still be having a great time when they hit those hallowed halls in their new Hendersons back to school pants. Far from being too cool for school, Hendersons back to school pants are just right regardless of whether your offspring is star of the football team or a wimpy loser who gets beaten up by the bike racks every day after class. <laughs> 
On the advice of counsel, Henderson's Pants wants to assure listeners of this program that we do not tolerate nor support bullying in our nation's schools or playgrounds. The childhood spectrum illustrated in this commercial message is not intended to denigrate or mock those children who might be seen as being of lesser ability or popularity than other more desirable young people. We invite opposing views to contact the management of Henderson's Pants via this program. We now return to the commercial, already in progress. Bill? Thank you, Joe. Originally designed for private school, public school, and that school of heart. Knocks. Henderson's back to school pants can be found in the aisles next to peachy folders, pencil boxes, and small caliber firearms, wherever back to school supplies are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of knickers and knee pants since 1917. And now back to Succotash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Turning to the political front for a moment, this year's presidential race has to be one of the craziest that I can remember. Also sort of publicly embarrassing for Americans, what we've got running on both tickets, quite frankly, but especially Donald Trump. Man, this past week alone has been so bizarre with just his behavior in response whenever he responds to people responding to his behavior. One guy that's got to be eating up this political season with a spoon is our very own Will Durst because, I mean, come on, he's a political comic. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say that it only took a year and a half, but we finally distilled the presidential field down to two presumptive nominees from the major political parties, the Donald and the Hillary. And the hardest part is figuring out which is scarier, that one of these two is going to become the next president of the United States, or the American people get to decide. You constantly hear that refrain, Oh, let's see what the American people want. No, let's not. You want to know what the American people want? I'll tell you what the American people want. The American people want to lose weight by eating potato chips. The American people want to pay no taxes and have better schools and roads. The American people want drive through nickel beer night. The American people require a warning label on their brake fluid to keep them from drinking it. The American people want to win the lottery without having to buy a ticket. The American people think any piece of clothing they can squeeze into fits. The American people would chew off their own foot if Oprah told them there was liquid gold in their ankle veins. The American people think louder is better and deafening is best. The American people think the laws of gravity can be repealed. The American people want to look like George Clooney by shopping at Walmart. The American people have the same sense that God gave a bucket of hair. 68% of the American people still believe professional wrestling is legitimate. The American people have the attention span of high-speed lint. They love the Home Shopping Network because it's commercial-free. God bless the American people and the rest of the world. For WillDurst.com, I'm Will Durst. Catch up with Will and the dates that he's appearing around town in the San Francisco Bay Area and elsewhere at WillDurst.com. He's also tweeting at WillDurst, so be sure to follow him. And you can also follow us at Succotash Show. I got a call on the Spare Min app this past week from John Price, a longtime listener to the show. If you haven't used Spare Min yet, it's really easy. Download the app and look for me. I'm on there as at Hershko, H-E-R-S-H-C-O, and request a call with me. I get a note telling me that you're looking for me, and when I get a spare min, I notify you that I'm ready for your call. Then we have five minutes to chat, and it's all recorded. 
I got John's call on when I was on the ferry heading home from work in San Francisco this past week, and it went a little something like this. Morning, John. Morning, Mark. You know me as jprice02 on Twitter. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Well, I'll tell you, I am quite thrilled to be able to talk with you, sir, because for once I actually get to verbally tell you, with you and I talking together, that I appreciate the Succotash show. I appreciate what you do. And quite frankly, it's still, and I don't foresee it changing, being one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, John, thanks so much. Nice to hear. appreciate it. How's your own podcast ramping up? Because I know you were in the process of putting one. Um, I'm actually going to be taking a little bit more time to get it ready because here in the next month or so, I'm going to start soundproofing an extra bedroom in the house and turn it into a podcasting studio. Oh, you're kind of... Oh, okay. Yeah, you're kind of breaking up on me there. Um, But it sounds like you're delaying it to uh, kind of make sure... Everything ship shape. Fully ship shape, including a soundproofed room to record in. Oh, there you go. Well, I just use my car, so if that's <laughs> any help at all to you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm my eyes are too shot to drive, so the car is my wife's. Ah, I got you. <laughs> How's everything else going? Everything else is going overall really well. Um, I mean, my best friend, obviously my wife is sitting right here next to me. She's an amazing woman. I'm happy to be able to say I married my best friend. That's very. That's a good thing to have. And I'm working on some stuff in the anti-trafficking community because, as I'm sure you've seen me talk about, I'm a survivor of sex trafficking myself, so that's somewhere where I'm really passionate. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's a fascinating topic to me, and uh, I, I haven't heard you speak a whole lot about it yet, so um, uh, is that some of the subject matter you're going to cover on your podcast? Um, one of my planned guests is Jamie Walton of the Wayne Foundation. Mm. She It was started by her and Kevin Smith, the movie director. Yes. Um, she's a survivor of sex trafficking herself. Okay. And she is an amazing woman and one of my heroes. Oh, that's great. So you'll have her on as, a, as an early guest? in the show? I'm actually planning on, um, if scheduling allows, making her guest three or four. Oh, that'd be great. Um, guest one is actually going to be um, a professional wrestler who's known professionally as the hobo. <laughs> His whole gimmick is he is, is that he's a hobo and he travels the world riding the rails and <laughs> for money to eat he wrestles one of my one of my favorite designations for uh people down on their luck homeless people bums whatever you want to call them is hobo i have a personal uh desire to see the that word make its way back into our lexicon on a regular basis so i salute him and with with his help and the help of the promoter that here in the u.s that he does most of his work with it's going to make it there especially since he um the promoter he primarily works with here in the US actually airs their TV show on YouTube America as well as on the Fight TV app. Oh, okay. Now does the hobo actually carry like a one of those old time hobo bindle and stick? He did at he did at one point. At this point, um he comes to the ring and 
um, sometimes really ratty looking clothes, but every now and then for special events, he'll pull out a jacket that he's got that he designed himself that's airbrushed to look super fancy. Well, that sounds great. John, it looks like our time on Spearman is just about up, but I really appreciate you uh, getting in touch with me. And uh, as you get closer to dropping that first episode, let me know, and I'll make sure to uh, to talk it up for you. Excellent. I look forward to that, and I will drop you a clip. Have a good rest of your day, Mark. Thanks, John. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Great to talk to John. Uh, we've tweeted back and forth and DM'd and whatnot, but good to hear his voice. Looking forward to his podcast when that comes about. I don't know if you could tell from the call, the cell reception on the bay itself is not the best because there's no cell towers out there. Our connection was a little bit flaky, but it's still a very handy thing to have this Spare app, a great way for me to talk to you. So go ahead and give it a try if you'd like. Download Spare It's on iOS and Android, I think. Call me at, at Hershko, H-E-R-S-H-C-O, and we can have a chat too, and I'll replay it here on the show. Speaking of chats... Let's get to our main event. In the spirit of his Grabbing Lunch podcast, my interview with Matt Knudsen was held over dinner at the Piazza D'Angelo in Mill Valley. So you'll hear the waiter take our order, bring our order, us eating, the the whole thing. Uh, When I get back on the other side of this interview, we will dip into the Tweet Sack. Not now, Tweet. Not now. It's all urine. It's all urine. Yes, that was the gentleman who was um, coming out of the bathroom as I was going in. He, he's the greeter. We call him the restroom greeter yes, he's here. He's the restroom greeter. Piazza D'Angelo. Yeah, and the best part is he does not um, work here in any way. No, not at he all. He takes it upon himself to, yes. like, honey, I, I see someone going towards the restroom. Exactly. I have to get down there. I have to get down there now. He's sad. So he, um, as you know, Presented it with his arm too. He did a whole really real flourish. Nice. It's all urine. That's and then there was it's like, all urine. I wouldn't call the eye contact sustained, no. but there was enough. Like you get it. You see what I did. You yeah. see how that was his laugh. It's all yours and urine are similar. See, like it's, you can. It's sort of a portmanteau, except it's a real word. <laughs> it's all urine. Good everyone. I was actually going to see if you could join me tonight at the Throckmorton. Because I was like, listen. Um, yeah. Hey, do a duo? Right. Fantastic. Yeah, once I heard you that got joke. that improv training. It'll be gold. Are you kidding? Get the urine man out there with you? What do I say? Just the one thing. Just, Just one the one thing. thing. It's all I need from yeah. you. Yeah. When I heard that joke, I started to look at my set list. And I was like, I could be in some trouble. <laughs> I, am, I am sitting at the... Uh, I don't know if this is plush, but it's the Piazza D'Angelo. It feels pretty plush to me. Here in downtown Mill Valley, I've interviewed several comedians here before. Uh, Andy Kindler, wow. we had a chat here. Uh, Andy Kindler. Larry Bubbles Brown, we had a chat here. Uh, Mark Pitta, uh, Dana Carvey. Bay Area uh, Institutions. Oh, yes, and now Matt Knudsen. Hello. Visiting from Los Angeles, yes. from the um, South. I want an interloper. Yes. <laughs> Now, Matt is performing this evening at the Throckmorton Theater. Indeed, I am. Part of the regular Tuesday night comedy show. Yes. Um, 
But uh, the reason I, we could have done this interview in a more quiet setting, actually, it's not very crowded right now right. where we are, so it's actually pretty quiet. But mm-hmm. uh, Matt is the host of Grabbing Lunch with Matt Knudsen. That's true. Which I, I have been a guest on before. Yes, you and Cole Stratton. Uh, yes. It's Mark Hershon, friend of the show. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I first interviewed you at the podcast festival, and I think it was... Yes. The third year, not last year, it was the third year? I believe it was 2014. That's right. Two years That's ago. That's right. I, I vowed at that time we would do a longer interview. Mm-hmm. And here we are now. And here we are. Doing what should be the longer. We don't Obviously, know yet. It's only a few minutes in. Sure. We could get tangentially <laughs> off into other things. But um, it's my favorite thing about um, doing entertainment stuff. You meet someone. Yeah. You have a uh, like, connection and chemistry. And then like, hey, you just kind of stay on each other's radar. That's so, right. You guys are okay, right? Uh, I'm ready to. Uh, yeah, you are? Okay, uh, because I'm I'm, like a good time, I'm just watching. No, no, let's. You feel like I'm not. No, no, sure. let's I saw you in the corner. You were sharpening yeah. the knife, looking at us. I was like, oh no, I. Yeah. No, I'm only kidding. I'm not um, Sicilian for the northern. Oh, part. there you go. <laughs> just leave there the you northern go. part. Dull knives for you. <laughs> <laughs> feel safe. The coach said, "No, sir." Yes. No, the coach said, "No, sir." It's true. It exists. You know that. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Don't tell us anymore. We might have to deny it. I'm only up here. I can't testify in any trials. I'm only here for a limited time. Thank you. After you, Mark. No, no, please. Please, whatever you like. Again, sky's the limit. I a big opportunity to check out the things, but is there kind of like angel angel hair with like a spaghetti type of a thing? I have a fettuccine with pancetta and mushrooms, if you like that. Uh-huh. There's a spaghetti with clams, that's uh-huh. traditional if you like. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what? I'll probably uh, have terrible breath, but I'm going to get the clam that... The ba- yeah, yeah. The that would be great. Do you want a salad or anything? Oh, thank you, Noah. Uh-huh. Mark. No? Yeah, that's just so that's going to be plenty. Yeah, yeah, yes. thank you. Okay. Actually, you know, hamburger. Hamburger. Yeah, yeah, no, right I'm going to stick with the right there. It's right there. Italian <laughs> You can have it's it. It's under the wuss section. It's all yours. Yeah. Um, it's another Italian appetizer, very traditional. The summertime, we do the panzanella. It's a Roman. Sure. Well, why, why don't you bring that? We'll share. We can split right? that. Well, I mean, as long as it's Roman. Gotta move. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we kind of have to. It's Absolutely. Like, you know, it was Greek. Yeah, we're in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I am going to have the congili contadina. If I may. I'm gonna leave one menu okay. in case you want to see our wine list. Okay, thank you. Water's good for, water's good for me. Right, thank right. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know if you want wine. All right, I appreciate it. Sounds good. And also, uh, congratulations to you for ordering the most complicated sounding thing. Thank um, you. The congili contadetta. What was it? I don't have any. Right. I just right. Uh, I sound things out phonetically. I sure. <laughs> don't know. Even my own name, I have trouble with. I have to look at it mm. when I'm actually. Mm. It's the M sound. Who's had not Slim Pickens, but Mel Tillis or who did get? Who did get? Sorry, we're closed. Yeah, I think that was Smokey and the Bandit. I think somebody should do a documentary on stuttering comedians because there have been a number of them. Really? That have weird stutters uh-huh. that do kind of things like that. Yes. Be interesting. I was talking the other day about somebody. Somebody should do a. a every time I say somebody, it should be me, but right, I don't have right. the wherewithal to do it. <laughs> you know but, what I'm great at? Ideas. I am. I am. I'm an yeah, idea you're, man. You're an idea man. You're in the trade but of ideas. I would like to see a documentary on 
spreadables of the world. Uh huh. Because we have peanut butter, very right. popular sure, here. Sure, sure, sure. But I was in a discussion with somebody from Australia, and they were talking about Marmite. Sure. And then there's Vegemite over in England. Of course. And then I'm sure the Canadians have something. Um, the Canadians, I think they. Oh, I wish I could have thought of something funny. Or French, yeah, the French yeah, have something. So yeah, I think they do pate. I think they're the there. You French go. Is there you go. See, so so there must Russia must have a spreadable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have caviar. They have caviar. That's a spreadable, <laughs> right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. and vodka. So I, I don't know who would come to see spreadables in the world. Right. They might think it's a porno. Right, which uh. is nice. <laughs> Um, what's this charge to your hotel room? Spreadables of the world? You don't understand. It's a food show. Oh, oh sure, sure it is. is. <laughs> Whatever you say, say. No, you got it all wrong. Okay, it's uh, it's what you think it is. So how is um, how is grabbing lunch going? Uh, it's going great. I just uh, did the most recent episode with Eddie Pepitone nice. and Sean Conroy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 So. Um, Basically, if you've never listened to it before, I, I go out to restaurants that are open for breakfast and we just kind of hang out and do what we're doing right now. Yeah. There's no real um, agenda. interview. There's not agenda. That's it's a the, conversation. That's it's a conversation. Like we're having now. Agreed. Yes, 100%. Because most of the time, people who are in comedy or even like writers or anything like that, they, the reference base is like so deep and it's such a, you know... A, there's a shorthand that exists because you're spending time yeah. together and you do the similar things. So, That's right. You know, you do a radio interview and then it's just like, so, uh, yeah. hey, what about these five questions? That's right. And when you stretch that out, spend time, like, you know, half hour, hour, in, somewhere in the neighborhood, I always say that, um, the show is from when they drop the menu to when they drop the check. Nice. What happens in between that? Is pure gold. Is pure, it's pure, pure gold. podcast gold. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, remember doing the show, uh, not the show, but like going to festivals and stuff. Sure. And sitting with like two comedians, three comedians, and having lunch, and just like literally walking back to my hotel, like like my stomach hurt from laughing, my face yeah. hurt from smiling, and I was just like this. This should be a thing. Yeah, this should be a thing. And it is. And it is. And, and it is. I really, I really, really enjoy. What episode stuff. are you up to? Oh, 89, 90, you know, okay. started about um, two, three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I started out originally doing it once every week, and I did that for uh, about a year and a half, almost two years, and then I went to every other week, uh, sometimes a It's hard. Time. I can't keep my thing going. I, I've tried to go weekly, and it just, right. I just don't have the wherewithal or the time. Sure. And it just, you yeah. know. I finally, at the beginning of last year, I split the show because I was doing interviews and clips, and the show was getting to be like two and a half hours long, wow. and it was just wow. like a nightmare to put together. Yeah. So I split it into interviews and clips. So they're separate. So there's Succotash chats and there's Succotash clips. Mm -hmm. And so it's made it more manageable, but it's still a track and pull to try and get everything together. Mm -hmm. So, And I just realized, you know what? Nobody's actually paying me. Right. For any of this. So right. if they're enjoying listening to it, fantastic. Right. I do it as an outlet. I do it as kind of kind of help people out, try to find, you know, comedy podcasts they're not familiar Absolutely. with. Yeah. And you, you write a couple of columns for it too. Split Cider so. and Huffington Post. Yeah. That gets the word out. And now I'm helping to do some curation for this yeah, new... I, I split it for you. Oh, oh thank wow. you. Hey, thank you very much. This is the most colorful salad I've ever it seen. It is very, very Yeah, nice. it's very nice. And those things, the green things are um, um, capers, okay? Okay. The green things wow. on the top are capers? Yeah, those, those are, are the, the biggest capers, capers yeah. I've ever seen. Okay. Very good. 
Thank some you. Pepper? Um, I feel like I have to have some pepper. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go for all of it. Perfect. Oh, Life perfect. Pageant. Yeah, Thank you very yes, much. Yes, please. All right, gentlemen. That's fantastic. Right, Thank you. It. Yeah, um, I also, in addition to my own scheduling and timing and the post-production, uh, part of my podcast is I, I treat to lunch. Really? You know? Yeah, I treat everyone. Yeah, food. yeah. So it's not, I mean, we don't eat it like Ruth Chris, but, you know, it's yeah, every, yeah. every meal you take, because it's me and two other people, right. generally. Um, you know, seventy-five, hundred bucks, and and I had an. You should change the name to picking up the check <laughs> with Matt Knutson. So, which of you guys is going to pick up the check? Yeah. Listen, I hate to be this guy, but um, I don't have any money. <laughs> it's my new spinoff podcast. How about dinner? Either that or like at the end of the meal, I just go into my duffel bag and get like an apron and a hairnet. All right, guys, just going to pay it off. Washing just dishes with Matt and This will be up next week. Just give it a retweet. That's all I ask. One retweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I had an opportunity to do some sponsors, sponsorship stuff, mm -hmm. but um, it wasn't. It wasn't my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. And also, too, I don't know what your experience is. You know, one company's like, enter the promo code. And it's just like, I don't know who's going to enter the promo code to have me say it 40 times, yeah. you know. And it's just like, and we'll give you 10% uh, of the proceeds. Yeah. And it's just like, how about I just maintain control? Um, I'll come out of pocket, but I'm not going to take any notes. I'm mm -hmm. not going to sweat any numbers. I'm not yeah. going to do any of that stuff. And I mean, then there was another one that was an edible company, okay. an edible pot. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, oh, I don't. I mean, it sounds interesting, but uh, I. Or how about I don't know if I can get behind Adam and Eve, the uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the sex toy <laughs> early place. champions of Mark Maron. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You do that all the time. I, I, you yeah. like things? You like to plug things? You uh -huh. like to put things there? Do you like to do that? Yeah, exactly. It's just you know. Yeah, no, I've got the you know we have the Amazon banner on the top of our page. Which Great. Doesn't, you know it doesn't cost anything. Right. Occasionally they'll put some you know, twenty five dollars in our account, but. Mm -hmm. It rarely, month to month, it rarely makes enough to even get that $25. Right. And then, you know, we sell merch, nobody buys it. We have right. a donate button, nobody donates. Right. So yeah. I figure I respond in kind to the way I'm treated. The golden rule. I believe it's called the golden rule. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't got no no gold, so you gave, you got no rules. <laughs> Just for the record, as Mark said that, he was wagging his yes. index finger. Yes. Got no, no rule. Got no rule. rule. <laughs> yeah. I think there are some people who can reach another strata, and I think a lot of times, too, um, if you can get, you know, President Obama to come to your garage, yes. people are going to listen to Yes, that, yes. Know? But I, I, just, I just try to um, mitigate anxiety and mitigate regret as often as possible. Mm -hmm. And if I can just do what I'm doing and, and enjoy it and not... Have that other part where you're just like, well, how many downloads? How many this? How many? Yeah, that? I never pay it's, attention. I can't you know, follow it. I, I just... say this all the time. Van Gogh sold one painting in his life, and people just to they, thirty different people. To 30 <laughs> <laughs> it was a classic. It's a classic scam. <laughs> and the guy who sold the Eiffel Tower. That's like right. Two times. That's right. Yeah, um, he was actually born without an ear, and he had a phony one made, <laughs> and he would pull it off and show people. He's crazy! <laughs> His art's gonna be worth millions! 
Yeah. So he did You know, I think if you're just if if you're enjoying what you're doing, what, uh, that's the ultimate. That's goal. That's, that's why I do. Goal. We do have one sponsor, which mm-hmm. is a phony sponsor, Henderson's Pants. They sponsor every episode. Right. And uh, we have a booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, who records the spots for uh-huh. me. Mm-hmm. No. Oh wow. No, Bill Haywatt. Wow. Um, and for the record, I, I pointed to Mark. He and did. I said, hmm? yeah. I, yeah. I Bill one is not me. Right. He's not me. <clears throat> and so we write these crazy spots uh, mm-hmm. for Andrew's pants. He, and it's just weird pants nobody would you know, ever want. Right. Like picnic pants that unfurl right. into like a picnic <laughs> blanket. <laughs> uh, things like that. So, Red and uh, white uh, checkered yeah. pants. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, or, uh, <coughs> so we, we've been running those spots almost since the show started, like five years ago. Uh-huh. <coughs> cool. Yeah. Which is fun. Have you ever read uh, the book, The Confederacy of Dunces? Yes. And the Levy Pants? Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to get into the business because mm-hmm. it sounded like their name, but Levy. they're like tired. Yes. Levy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, I think mm-hmm. he became a short company at the end of the book. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a guy. He wrote a great book, and then nobody liked it, and he, he killed himself. And yes. his mom found it, and That's then right. he's like, now you're a success. That's oh, right. it's too late to Damn it. it! Damn it! Yeah, I was doing a joke. Uh, last night I was at Doc's Lab, and um, they have a piano on stage, and I play piano, and I also um, uh, hired a jazz guitarist. Oh, really? so it was like the two of us jamming together. That's I closed cool. up my set with like 15 minutes of music. And when I do that, I just take like jokes off Twitter, mm. and I do them in this not you know non-linear. That's how they can be these kind of one-off things. But I was saying like, in case I die in a weird way, I always carry around a highlighted copy of Catcher in the Rye, <laughs> just in case they find my body and just like hit by a bus. There you yeah, go. Yeah. He, was a, he was a modern-day Holden Caulfield. No, you just didn't get him. Now are you going to yeah. pop the urine line into your music okay, rail? I'm going to open that tonight at the Throckmorton <laughs> Theater. Yeah, you know, because I've never performed there before, and I really oh, you haven't. This is my first time. Oh, you'll love it. I can't wait. It's a I fantastic theater. Yeah, seats about 250 when it's full. Amazing. Proscenium stage, great mm-hmm. sight lines, beautiful sound. Wow, it's a great, great. They've been doing comedy now for 11th year. Wow. Wow. And the uh, um, the Grand Poobah tonight is Arj Barker. Oh, sure. Arj has yeah. been yeah. here so a lot. He's a local boy makes good. Mm-hmm. And I do know for a fact, I don't know uh, ours personally. We have a lot of people in, in common. But um, he just goes over to Australia and mm-hmm. is just the, the king of the world. Oh, he's huge over there. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Arj and I known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I was in San Francisco comedy scene since... 79 I've been I was started out as the official timer and scorekeeper for the San Francisco comedy competition amazing wow and uh, I used to book the punchline uh-huh. uh, for the company that, that booked it for Bill Graham presents before mm-hmm. he died and the thing got you know eventually sold to clear channel and those people right 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 right, right. and also uh, thanks to you I'm doing the punchline tomorrow night. oh great I got a guess I have a guest set um, oh good yeah and good. I've been staying at the uh, Marines Memorial on Sutter and Maine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool place. Amazing. You told me, you, you're like a merchant marine, right? I was, You yeah, were, so yeah. you get those kind of ins to places. Well, like I know the, the, the person at the helm of the uh, uh, Marines Memorial is General Michael Myatt. Okay. And I do comedy with his daughter. Really? Yeah. So oh, I'm, in a, I'm in an improv group with his daughter, Jamie, 
so every time I come up to San Francisco, I always, you know, hit her up and, and they let me um, stay. I, I don't think it has anything to do with my... Because Emergent Marine isn't, like, officially... Oh. You're not enlisted. Uh-oh, cough coming. <coughs> but, um... Yeah, so I, I get to stay there because of that relationship. Oh, okay. But um, I have done jobs that were in service of military things because uh, a lot of times there's only so many ships and sometimes merchant ships are hmm. in support of military missions. So my first job out of school I actually went over to uh, Somalia on really? a ship. Yeah, and it was... It, we went over there empty but we were supposed to um, bring back these tanks and jeeps and the wow. distinction is the USS is Navy. Mm -hmm. The USNS, United States Naval Ship, that's all civilian. That's oh, all merchant no marine. Yeah. So I, I was in the um, AFL-CIO when I was a teenager, and the union is the Seafarers International yeah. Union. Some so. listeners to Succotash have learned something, here, <laughs> including me. Right. I'm, I'm making all of it up. But it doesn't matter. That's okay. That's no, it sounds so good. It sounds, oh, when you add acronyms, so yeah, you just really know, like, ooh. Now, how long have you been doing improv? Yeah. And is that the first thing that you kind of cut your comedy teeth on? You know what? I did um, improv and sketch and stand-up pretty much all at the same time. Mm. Because before I moved to L.A., I was a, a merchant marine for like five years. Mm. And I always knew I wanted to get into to comedy, but it just feels like such an abstract pursuit. You know, you like watch it on TV. And yeah. It's like, ah. Oh, the there was never, yeah. no, there's not a disconnect where like, question in time before I do that, you know. So Archer Marine, the comedian, yeah, for direct, classic, direct, transition. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I did um, when I was I just got out of high school. I was a, a cashier at Office Depot, and I was enrolled in a junior college. And I was just like, no. <laughs> so I met somebody at the time who was doing that, and he, you know, kind of introduced me to the right people. And then I went to a school in uh, uh, Maryland. Oh, okay. And then went from, uh, you know, went from there. Actually, somebody came to my show last night um, because he read that part of my bio. Really? And he's a sailor here in San Francisco. He's just like, oh, I've never seen any, you know, anyone who's... So he's going to make the jump, too. He's, he's going to, yeah. You're going to smooth the skids for, <laughs> for sailors to start getting into comedy. It's going to be very big. Sure. Very big transition. Yeah, sailors like, into comedy. Yeah, it's like being John Malkovich. I like Suddenly, it. like, the puppeteers yeah. are going to take over. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, but I did that... Um, that was my first job out of school because the USNS ships they're they're civilian but they didn't pay as well as mm. like the like the container ships that you see in, in, yeah. the, in the ports or like a tanker or um, car carriers things like that those are more just straight up business yeah so uh, the USNS ships paid a little less but I didn't have I had no work experience at all and when you get out of um, uh, school they get you your first job oh, nice. and that was my first job okay. going over so I was like I was a teenager I was sailing through the North Atlantic well that's cool sailed through the Suez Canal around around Africa it was it was amazing thank you any drinks for now you okay for now we're good thanks I'm okay yeah thank you and um I don't know I definitely there's times where I was like well maybe I, I it would have been different if I had a degree or you know this and that but it was sounds like a great way to see the world. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, unforgettable life experience. And then in between shifts, I would uh, get off and I'd go backpacking. 
you know, because the nice. entire um, seafaring industry, at least in the SIU, which is uh, the Seafarers International Union, little shout out for the SIU, is there are no permanent jobs. Uh, okay. You can only be on a ship for a certain amount of time. Oh, really? And then you have to vacate that position so that somebody else can come wow. in. It's called rotary shipping. So it's based on rotary shipping, wow. and you go... It's um, kind of like the way government should be, right. and yet is not. <laughs> and yet it's not. <laughs> you can only work at the DMV for six months. Yeah, you can yeah, only be senator for, what, two terms. I'll tell you, there's right? something, something to be said about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can, you can be on a ship for four months, and then after that, you need to, even if you're like, um, like if I, if I caught a ship in, thank you very much, in uh, L.A., and I was in like Boston or something, and that four months was up. I had to get off and wow. fly back to LA. Oh, really? Yeah, well, it's, it's a um, Wilmington, Long Beach. Do they pay for you to fly back? Or That's part of the contract. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and then the jo job will become available, you know, like out of the New York Hall or something like that. Okay. So that's how I. Um, and that still goes on today, I'm assuming. That still goes on You're today. You're not that old. No, well, I. I am old, and you know, and I'm old at heart. It really matters, you know. I'm you like seem like an old, old, old shipboard lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to the, um, the guy yesterday who came to the show because he's like, he's thirty, but he like looks young. Yeah. And I was telling him too, I was always the kid mm. on every ship that I went. I was like twenty years older on average, uh, younger rather yeah. than everyone else. So I can't get that, get that, you know, and just. I'm really glad I did it. Um, but what I would do is like get off a ship, and then what you're able to do is you register your card, your okay. shipping card, for 90 days. Your card's good for 90 days, and then who's ever been out of work the longest gets the gig. Gets the gig. Yeah, within your classification, there's like yeah. A book, B book, C book. A books are got like 10 years plus. Yeah. You know, they'll just if you. Um, throw it against like an A book, more than likely yeah, yeah, you're, you're not going to get, get it. But um, if we were, you and I were both B books and my card was like 60 days and your card was 20 days. Knife fight. Knife fight. <laughs> Thank you. It's like you're reading my mind. Absolutely. It's like knife fight, lifetime grudge, kill your family. Love it. Just your standard. sounds so cool. It's, everyone should do it. But what kind of At least kill one family. So what kind of qualifications did you have to do to get on board? Well, my first job, I went to, um, the, it's called the Paul Hall uh, School of Seamanship. It's in Piney Point, Maryland. Paul Hall was like an old It's called Piney Point? It's in Piney Point, Maryland. Piney Point. It's like a... Uh, um, Silver Springs, okay. Camp Springs, Maryland, yeah. right on the Chesapeake there. Okay. So I went to school, and it was a lot of, um, a lot of like, ba like base level education of uh, CPR, first aid, uh, fire and boat drill stuff. Um, tying knots. Tying knots. Yeah, Marlin spike seamanship. Yeah. You, know, you, you had to demonstrate that you could do that because you, there are things where. You know, you get out and you need to know certain knots for certain things because, like those lines that you see that, that connect the ship, that's those are guys who are putting those out by hand and, and pulling yeah. them up, and so they have these bollards, and you have to uh, tie the line so that it, it, it will stick and it won't it won't go any further. Like that's a knot, you know, like a monkey's uh, paw. You got to tie that a, a bowline. Wow, all right. Um, yeah, and then one time I was for on the show. listeners, he's actually miming tying these various <laughs> knots. By the way, and you should have seen how taut I made my space work. Really he did, he did really, a great, uh, really good space work. It almost looks like I'm trying to tame an elephant. <laughs> Get over here. 
Fight yeah. a penis. Fight a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that went without saying. Yeah. So I, um, I did that, and then one ship that I was on, uh, there was uh, somebody who was on like the like the shipboard security mm-hmm. something, and he got off, and they needed to have at least like one representative like have firearms training or something. Oh not wow! That they, not that they ever really use that, but um, they sent me to. But there's regulation. They have to have somebody. They have to have. They have yeah. to have one crew member who's certified in this. So uh, they sent me to Fort Dix, New Jersey, and so I really? was like, yeah, I was like, I like twenty or something, wow. and they're like, all right, uh, take apart this shotgun, put it back together. They didn't have. We didn't have like machine guns or anything. It was like a twelve gauge, yeah. and a pistol, and a a, um, a field rifle, and you know. So I went to that. Um, they sent me to fire school at the University of Maryland. You know. Because once once you're out there, that's that's you're it. You're on your own. You're on your own. There's yeah, no 911. Yeah. There's no fire department, cops, any of that stuff. It's no, they're when they get involved, they're identifying your body. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's about <laughs> that's about it. And the cause of damage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I was on a ship one time, and like a uh, guy didn't die on on board, but they uh, you know had his body, and they were taking him somewhere. Oh. I was on a ship. My first ship. We came through, um, came through um, the North Atlantic and stopped in Gibraltar, and a guy like went off the ship and never, never came back. Just disappeared. He completely disappeared. And I don't. I think he had some tension with a couple of guys on the ship. I don't know. You're not saying. I'm not saying. You're I have no saying. idea what happened. But wow. You know, you get in some of these countries and. You give someone three hundred dollars, and you don't even have to get your hands dirty. Wow! So he never came back, and you know, but it's very much a different industry than it was before yeah. Hazelwood. Oh, it's okay. almost like pre and post Hazelwood. Like there's no drinking, there's no oh really anything. Yeah, yeah, you can't have alcohol in your room, and guys go ashore and you yeah. know and cut loose. And most people like I got a little you know sure. got a bottle yeah, or flask or something yeah, or whatever. But I guess this guy. Um, they searched his room and found booze, mm. and he's like, "I'm not the only one. It's also, d- 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 oh, d- d-, you know, he, he called him Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm not the only cheater. Yeah, Shaq does it too. We're, oh, we're all cheaters. We're all cheaters. <laughs> we play for the NBA. We're terrible people. <laughs> we're, all we're all doping. We're all doping. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're all Russian Olympians. What? <laughs> Yeah. Um, what do you think? Are you a basketball fan, Bay Area? Not a sports fan. I got you. Okay. I was just trying fan. to get your take on Kevin Durant being the new. Yeah, I, the or, basketball is the big round orange one. Mm-hmm. I think we actually established it on your show when, That's I, right. was, when I was visiting. That's right. Yeah. And the mayor usually throws out the first basketball yeah. in the game. Sure. Yeah, sure. However that works. Yeah. 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 No, I am not a sports fan. Just yeah, Lee Greenwood throwing out the first. <laughs> I have one in my office right now who's just like just in tears because of her soccer team. She's from. Thank you. Wow, this looks great. Thank you very Thanks much. Very much. Her, she's uh, in tears. Her, she's from France, and they just uh, lost, I guess, in soccer. Right. I'm going. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So, right. So. Yeah, the, Sorry, there's a different I, level of fanaticism with with it's, soccer. And it's, but sports is definitely. It's one of those things that. Having worked in a comedy club, I used to run the Comedy Underground in Seattle for a couple of years yeah. when I was really young. Cool. And Man, dude, Mark, you've been, been you're Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere. I used to run the, uh, back back in the day yeah. when there used to be a, an improv in Santa Monica, I actually ran the house improv group in Santa Monica. Amazing. But the comics, I've noticed, 
That's one of the things. Sports is this common bond that allows them to communicate. Yeah. You know, no matter what city you go to, there's whether you're a fan or not, the fact you keep up on sports, you can converse. Right. Right? right. It's like and and you have an opinion. It's one of the reasons golf's become very popular with comedians, is because right. you can kinda of pick it up no matter where you go. That's right. And you can play golf with, you know, round up a couple of dudes and go yeah. play some golf. I actually just um, I did a week in Tahoe. I came to San Francisco. I was in Tahoe okay. a week. Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, I played four rounds of golf. Were you up there with Mark Petter? No, he was not up there. He was up there the week before. Oh. This week the headliner was Brian Dunkelman okay. from American yeah, yeah. Idol. Okay. So we went out and we played we played golf every day. Um, except for Wednesday was our first show, and I drove up that night. Uh, but Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. And uh, uh, thank you, you very much. Yes. I'd like to, yes. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. The ball goes fa farther, you know, because of the altitude. I did know Up that, yeah. yeah. And Brian Dunkelman's very good at golf. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's very good at golf. Uh, I, I think he's like a four handicap. Wow. Yeah. So, he actually does shots where it's like a far distance, but he's still like like looking at, you, you know what I mean? He's studying, deciding what he wants to do because he's probably going to put it on the green. And I'm just like, well, maybe if I could run it up there 150 yards, yeah. and then I'll only have another 150 yards and I'm there. But you got the basic skill set is what you're saying. I do have the basic skill set. And for um, do you travel with your sticks or do you rent the one there in my car? Okay. Yeah, I've never flown with the clubs. I've never been that guy. I think also, too, you need to get a separate, um, like a hard case yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But um, when I knew I was going to be up here, I just threw them in the back. I threw my clubs in the back, uh, my piano in the back, and uh, I was just like, I would never travel with these things, but you just back the car up to the hotel room, and I was, you know, when you're there for yeah. five, five days, and I was talking about this on stage, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening is you spend your whole day waiting for the night, you know? And so yeah, of you course. Can, you know, you try and keep as much home as you can with the stuff to do and activities. Yeah, it's 23 hours of nothing. Yeah, yeah. So as I've I always, heard it described to me before. Uh, yeah, that's that's a very apt. <laughs> yeah. It's very apt. So I um, try to make it homey. I unpack my suitcase. Mm. I put it in the drawers. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm that guy. So... I thought it was great because I've only really gotten to know you through your podcast, through either listening, reviewing it, being on it, having yeah. you on. That's Which right. I really appreciate, Mark. That really means a lot. Thank you. That's okay, but la I think it was last year you were performing at the at Sket at uh, Podfest. <coughs> yes, you're doing a show, and I caught that show. Yes, it was. It's kind of funny because you talk to all these comics that do podcasts and stuff, and the famous ones, you go, okay, yeah, you know, Gilbert Gottfried, Mark Maron, but the ones you don't really hear about that much as a stand-up, you go, I wonder what, are they just doing this because they kind of suck? But you were funny. Oh, hey, thanks. No, I mean, you were funny. <laughs> I'm going, this guy's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. You. yeah, thank you. And I'd love to, I've never seen you do improv other than just in conversation. I'd love to see, I'd love yeah. to do improv with you. Oh, I, dude, I've anytime. been doing improv for like 30 years. Honestly, you know, Mark, so. if there's ever an opportunity, yeah, be great. just add my name to the list and I will, I will do it. Yeah. And I, I do uh, stand up and all that stuff, but improv for me. The best. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I mean, I, yeah. I teach improv. I teach improv at work, actually. I teach improv class to people at work. Cool. And uh, I've been, I told my editor of the book I wrote before that I've been working on a book on improv and business, which mm -hmm. I am, but it's so slowly it'll never 
probably ever see the light of day. But I've learned, I mean, I've learned so much about improv. When I first started running the Comedy Underground in Seattle, the people that ran theater sports up there, which had just come down from Canada, Mm -hmm. they came to me and they said, hey, we just got booted out of our theater and we know you're dark on Mondays. Can we perform here? Didn't they get booted out? Boot. (laughs) A boot? They got a boot. We got the boot. They got a boot. We got the boot from our theater. Yeah. So they uh, had So they said, you guys, you're dark on Mondays. Can we perform here? I said, you can, but the condition is you have to teach me how to do improv. Wow. And so that was 1982. Wow. And I've been doing improv ever since. I've done improv with Robin Williams dozens of times. I mean, probably six months before he passed away, we were on stage here at the Throckmorton. Yeah. Wow. Doing freeze tag. Unreal. Yeah. Wow. I bet people went nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when I'm in L.A., if Overton's performing, I get to jump in with him and his crew. And Rick. Again, it's, it's kind of like Thanks. golf. If you do improv, you can do it anywhere That's with right. anybody else who does improv. That's right. Right? Yeah. There's a, there's a uh, handful of, and I'm recording, rules. Mm-hmm. But if you do, like, two or three things, it's just... I say this all the time, but I think anyone who does comedy, there's kind of this, like... Maybe I have the right line at the right time, and maybe I can slip mm-hmm. it in. But in improv, those scenarios where you can slip in the funny line are created right in front of you. Yeah. So you can, as the character, you know, who's afraid of fire, just say like, "I don't want to go camping," yeah. you know. And it's it's funny because yes, because you're creating the reality yeah. as you go. And as long as people don't talk over each other and and this kind of honor, mm-hmm. it's just the best. My favorite is like finding somebody who's got like a game going on or like something. And yes. You just kind of like hey, jump into the just game. Just tee him up. Just oh, tee him up. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I used to um, work with a, or study with Stan Wells, and he would always say uh, Stan Wells actually uh, used to teach at the Groundlings. Okay. And he had developed a, a style called the clap in, where instead of like mm. revolving doors, you just kind of get people in and out. Um, where we would do improv classes at his place, the, the empty stage, and he would facilitate um, a workout Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday. You can go and you can drop in. It's thirty dollars, and um, you just the, the audience was the class who was going to go. Okay, up next. so he'd just go. Okay, uh, Mark and Matt, get up there, and uh, we're going to yeah. and then you, you know, but like. Kristen Wiig would drop in. Scott Wainio, who wrote for Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. You know, the, have you heard of the group, the Transformers? Yes. Jake Hogan, sure. all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of their workout room. So we do classes. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah, and then um, do shows on the weekend. But he would just say, um, if there's one laugh there, there's two more waiting. Mm. You know, so if people just you know just find what? a different way to do the same thing. Because people want it. That's just it. It was just yeah. you know, <clears throat> I, when I ran the the uh, bargain basement players mm-hmm. at the Improv in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. we were half stand-ups and half diehard improvisers, which was a terrible mix as it turned out. The diehard improvisers couldn't hang. Right. They they kind of dropped off one by one. Yes. Because the comics were too much. I got to get the joke. Right. I got to get the joke. Right. Right. Uh, and I'm kind of a fan of both mediums, quite frankly. 100%. Um, yeah, Overton, Overton like calls it shark prof, by the way. Shark prof. Having to get the joke. He's played with people that just like, I don't want to play shark prof. I just want to get up there and just kind of riff. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if you're just going Honor their requests, honor the, the reality. That's right. Yeah. That's right. What are you talking about? <laughs> space station. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the inability to, to let go of a preconceived idea is the, the, biggest, the biggest enemy. Well, one of the things I've been teaching in business, which is interesting, 
is the idea of making assumptions instead of asking questions. Mm -hmm. You know, when I teach improv, I go, you can't, you just can't ask questions. You could never ask questions. It's like people, people are so conditional. You could never, no, once you know how to do this, you can ask all the questions you mm -hmm. want. But mm -hmm. until you know how to do this, don't ask any questions. Mm -hmm. Make assumptions. That drives the scene forward. That's amazing. That's great advice. And I've been telling people in, in my classes and businesses, when you're in a meeting with a client, they're used to getting questions all the time. So the onus of the conversation is always on them to mm -hmm. answer your questions. Mm -hmm. Well, we've already read what the client does. Right. We have a basic understanding of their industry. Right. Why don't we go in and make assumptions and let them either correct those assumptions or confirm those assumptions. Yeah. But let's see how far that conversation goes now as opposed to just relying on them to give us information. Right. And it's really pushed things ahead, which is That's really great. interesting. That's great. Yeah. Do you have like caveats before you say other things? Like, listen, I, I don't do what you do, but I would have think that... Oh, absolutely. Know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh -huh. you don't want to come off looking like a complete ignorant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that fiberglass is not made with any meat. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that'll be $1,500. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny to ask a question when... Um, a guy has a woman in his trunk and he's checking in a hotel. Like party of one? Um, yeah, that's a that's a funny question. Yes. Not, yes. What are you doing here? Yeah. Where is everyone? Also, the like, thing oh I always hate about beginning improvisers is the characters in a scene have apparently never met, ever. What's your name? Hi, I'm Jack. It's like seriously, you guys are working in a factory you've never met before. <laughs> Yeah. You're a doctor and a nurse. Is this the first time you've operated on somebody? That's, That's right. weird. That's right. Just don't stop swabbing the poor head. No, a doctor, a doctor. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, and it's also when you have that assumed relationship, like you were saying, you can lay anyone, you can lay anything on anyone, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Just don't, don't get drunk again and fall down at the Christmas party. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. it's my favorite. It's my favorite. We yeah. should check and see who else on the build tonight. We could probably get some improv. Because when Pitta was running this, he ran the show for 10 years. He was his show. Amazing, yeah. And he would call me up and go, hey, we're going to do improv tonight. So I'd come down. Usually it was when Overton was going to be headlining. I'd come down. There'd be a half dozen other guys. And we'd just do. He would like, sometimes we'd do um, movie dubbing. And he would like pull clips. Oh, He'd oh. pull clips and run them, mm -hmm. run them mm -hmm. and take the sound out and stuff like that. Amazing. But they haven't really done that too much. I mean... Uh, there's a couple of guys that are teaching improv here on Wednesday nights. Jeff mm -hmm. Bolton, um, Michael O'Brien. They're very good. Mm -hmm. uh, they've known it for years. They were in, um, I don't know if you, you know the group, uh, National Theater of the Deranged. They were around like in the late 70s, early 80s. I can't say I do. And these guys actually started kind of in that era. Wow. So they've been around a long time. Yeah, wow. And they do a class that has no real... Um, curriculum to it. It isn't like we're going to do beginning, middle, and just drop right. in when you can. We do a class so the, the people all have fun, which is great. That's really the only reason they do it. That makes a big difference. They charge like 20 bucks a head, but right. people, this is Marin, so people won't. Okay, I'll pay 20 dollars. Amazing. Yeah, and I understand Mark moved to um, Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. And have you stayed in touch with him at all? Oh, yeah. What is I was name? roommates with him for five oh, really? years. Wow. So. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, he's... Like trying to get I don't know he moved there because his wife has steady work there and mm -hmm. so it was, he was not getting steady work here other than the Tuesday night show right and he had a giant house payment yeah when I was roommates with him he was uh, the entertainment 
uh, reporter for Channel 2 up here. Awesome. Doing stuff like Man on the Street stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And after five years, they let him go, like literally the month after he signed papers on this house. So for 10 years, he's been just sort of struggling to make this house payment. And just, you know, once you get out of the system, you start calling for work and people don't don't, don't know who you were. Right. You could have headlined across the country back in the 90s, but now? Right. They don't know. Who are you? Where's your juice? What do you do? No memory. Yeah. So he's getting some work now. He's worked up in Tahoe. He's been getting some cruise ship stuff. Great. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure he's starting to kind of get in around Atlanta, which is nice. They got a few clubs there. It's an amazing scene in Atlanta. It's really, really fun. And also, too, Keep it simple, you know. Mm -hmm. If you've done something a certain way for a certain amount of time and you're not happy with it, change it. Always change it. Mm -hmm. you know? I think people get really locked into something. They're like, well, this is my identity. This is my thing. It's just like, yeah. Well, now, how's the acting thing going for you? It's good. Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I just did an episode of The Mini Project. Mm. And uh, I just submitted an audition, I think, yesterday to play Monty Hall. On uh, I'm dying up here. Really? On that, that new Showtime mm -hmm. uh, series. So wow. You know, this is actually the time of year, like like June, July. Yeah. Where it's very kind of like slower and more quiet. Um, so that's also when I try and road dog it a little mm -hmm. bit more. You know, yeah. most of the time when I I leave, there's. There's always an opportunity that comes up and you paid ten times the amount that you made on your weekend. Yeah, you know, not that life is the endless pursuit of money, but you know, you also want to be reasonable about it and put yourself in the in the running for you know for some for some stuff. But I did a, um, a campaign for Direct TV okay. where the settlers. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in the settlers. You were. I was their neighbor. Oh, yeah. I have to look more closely. Yeah, the neighbor came over and he's I like fast forward through there. everything. Oh, so yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. So except if I know you're in it, I'll I'll, I'll not do that because like mm -hmm. Overton's in a mo uh, commercial for I think it's GE. Yeah, the thing with the sledgehammer. Yeah. So I always stop it and I watch that. He plays the dad. Yeah. And the son who's yeah. the programmer. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, I I think Paul Provenza told me this. But you know, like when people are trying to be derisive and they like about stand-up comedy and like, and they say the joke like, well, why don't they just make the whole plane out of the black box? That's his. That's his joke. That's his joke. <laughs> That's a great joke. He's like, he's like people like guy has been doing on it, but guy, guy has been doing comedy for forty three years. Forty three years, unbelievable. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, one time we were in a movie together. We were um, okay. What we were playing. It's called Insight. Okay. And it was he and I were in uh, um, like detectives. We we're like partners, and but we were skeptical because the lead cop was Sean Patrick Flannery who played Powder you know mm -hmm. so um, he was seeing this woman who was dead and she was like giving him clues to mm. her murder and it was it was really I, I thought uh, the director Richard Goodbye he did a great job that's interesting yeah and it made my bacon uh, my bacon number one really yeah it brought me all the way down to a one on the bacon meter because nice. also in that movie was Rance Howard mm. uh, Ron Howard's yeah, father yeah. and Ron Howard's father was in Apollo 13 with Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon there so you I go you're it, in I brought it down to one somebody like tweeted me like hey you you're and in so like hey nice the next thing is being in a movie with him like, you know 
I've seen Kevin Beacon at the Improv a couple times in Hollywood. He'll come and hang out. That's cool. Yeah. So we were um, we were skeptical and and we were you know we didn't believe that he was seeing this woman and yada yada yada. So we had a couple of scenes before. Oh, oh yeah, we had a couple of scenes before. Um, and then the last scene was like us hanging out at the cop bar and everything was like all right and everything. So um, when I saw the movie. The, the director emailed me before. He's just like, I had, to, I had to make some cuts. Oh, dear. All of our stuff in the no. police station was gone. No. And the only time Rick and I appeared was at the cop bar at the end. No. <laughs> just, That's the worst. Like, ah, oh, well. The check cleared. It was a great uh, experience. Um, Max Perlich was, mm. uh, nice. was in it with us. And uh, I don't know. You know, I, I wrote, sold, and had s several movies produced for the Hallmark Channel. Great. And I was in the mall. Hey, thank you. Uh, sort of as a condition of my selling of the movie. Sure. You, you and Sylvester Stallone, right? That's right. Yeah. Except I only had little bit parts, but <laughs> I, I did have lines. I came up with the foolproof way to make sure I always I would never get cut out. Okay. Is I only wrote myself in as a character that appeared in, had at least one scene with as many principles as possible, right. and had one piece of information that was crucial genius, to genius the story. Agree. That's great. <laughs> I would guarantee to be at least one scene that could not cut out. Which character are you playing? Uh, Larry Exposition? Yeah. Uh, Larry Exposition. My characters are all named Jake. <laughs> on purpose. In fact, it was funny. The second movie I did, the costume woman said, I can. I was playing a bank secure, a bank janitor. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't perfect. find an embroidery tag that says Jake, but I did find one that says Mark, M-A-R-C. Can you just be Mark? I go, I guess. I guess so. What do you mean my real name? I suppose so. I guess so. But, this is our last project together. But a movie I sold them, they paid me, but it never got produced, had a similar feature to what you're talking about. It was a Halloween movie. It was the second Halloween movie I sold them. They made the first one. Uh -huh. And this one was called No Such Thing, and it was about a guy who was a heating and air conditioning dude. Right. Who was kind of a scammer, and he was passing himself off as a ghost hunter. Uh-huh. Because he realized that most ghost reports, all the ghost reports he ever heard of, was always just faulty heating or air conditioning. Right. So he would show up and fix the heating and then collect the money for being this ghost hunter. Classic. And he, and he gets hired by a, by a woman who turns out to be a ghost to get rid of another ghost oh, in the same house that she's smart. haunting. That's really smart. Yeah. So, unfortunately, it never got produced. But it was, <laughs> And you find out at the end that she was the ghost the whole time? or No, no. You find out not only is she the ghost, she has a granddaughter who lives in the house that's a love interest for the dude wow. who's identical to her dead grandmother. Wow. Right. Right. Identical at the time she died. Uh-huh. So the guy's just flipping out. He has... That's great. No idea that's what's really, going on. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's very you cool. Know, when you hear uh, the pitch and you want to watch it, that's, mm -hmm. you know... I would imagine that's good. Is that I think so. Yeah. I so. In fact, improv... I've told this story before, so I'm not going to bore my listeners sure, with okay. it. that's okay. But... Improv actually got me a movie sold at Hallmark because awesome. I had done my first movie for them, which was a Christmas movie. Uh -huh. And I actually got, through a series of circumstances, got asked to come to the editing room by the executive producer, the right. owner of the film company, uh -huh. because the director had to go out of town. And he calls me up and goes, Can you come down to the editing room? I go, Sure, what, what's going on? He says, Well, Kevin had to go out of town. And I'm cutting this thing, and because I got to tell you, I don't ever read the script. 
I said, well, how do you cut the movie? Right. He says, I just look at it as a big jigsaw puzzle that the director leaves me, and then i got to figure out what the story oh, is. Oh, man. I wow. Go, I will be right there. Wow. Wow. I never read the script. I figure I could try and save as much of the movie as I can. That's right. very You've got to yeah. leave that in. It's very that. important. But that's you, Mark. It, it, it is, is very important. Believe me. Very important. Believe me. But anyway, so I'm taking a break, and the guy who was the producer of my, my Christmas movie calls me and says, yeah. Hey, I just got a call from Hallmark Channel. They're looking for a Halloween thing for next year. Do you have anything? Well, as you know, as an improviser, as a storyteller, of course, of course, you have right. something. Of course, I have something. Even if you have nothing, right? Yes, right. of course. Yes. What's it about? So I just spitball this movie mm -hmm. about this kid who finds this old black and white movie in the basement of the house that he's living in. His mom's living there, so he's got to like he's down in the basement just trying to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. Turns out that the guy who's living there is like an old movie director. Has all this weird shit in the basement. Mm -hmm. He finds this old movie, and he's a he's a kid who's a monster movie buff. He's never heard of this movie before, wow. and he takes it out. And he he's got this crush on this girl in school, so he invites her over on Halloween night to watch this movie. Right. The house gets hit by lightning. It turns out this movie was printed on, was processed on an experimental film stock by the military <laughs> called radium acetate, <laughs> and the monsters get out of the movie, uh -huh. like uh, Purple Rose of Cairo style, Oh yeah, wow! along with the, the sheriff, the idiot sheriff, mm -hmm. who has to enlist the help of the 12-year-old kid to catch the monsters. Great. And this is uh, while you're on the and phone, like... This is, I'm in his office, wow. just watching him for my cues. Right. Right. He goes, so he goes, I got it. He says, do you have it written up? I go, well, I don't have the script, but I have the outline back in my place. Yeah. So I run back and type up this 10-page outline. I email him the thing, like, that night. He yeah. calls up and goes, I got a couple of issues with some of these things. I go, like, what? Like, I'm really now mad at him. What are you talking about? Right. So I go, okay, I can, I can fix this. So right. fix whatever. He sends it over the channel. Five weeks later, he calls me up and goes, hey, the channel called. They're going to make your movie. I go, which movie? Because I've been pitching all of sorts course, of things. The Halloween course. thing with the mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. So they want to meet with you. Take a meeting. Right. Get some notes. Now, this is the second movie I did for them. Right. I, I learned what their, how their note thing works in the first movie. Okay. So I go, okay, cool. What is their note thing? They just... Their notes, well, for the first movie, was seven pages of single-spaced, very specific things. So I was loaded for bear going into this one. Right, right. Their notes was a single page. Uh -huh. A single page of notes. Right. You need to fix these things. Not bad. Okay. Literally turn around two days. Wow. Unreal. Back. Thing was in production in five weeks. Congratulations. It was just like, okay. Yeah. Um, preparation opportunity. Yes. Something like that. But again, improv. Right. Was the whole thing? It's like you got notes. Give me your notes. Give me your notes. Give me your notes. I'm not going to. Gonna, I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. I will come up with because I learned in the first one. I will come up with something better as a result of addressing your notes. Yeah. Because that's what. Because I, I don't want to make it worse. Sure. So I got to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I don't. I don't read any of the scripts. Oh, shoot them all. I don't I read a, any uh, of the scripts. Uh, this is years ago, but I did one of those. Remember the uh, the I'm a Mac on the PC campaign. I did one of those, oh. and um, but they shot all their scripts. They didn't. They didn't select which ones they were going to do. They just shot everything. They shot everything that they had. Really? They probably every time they got um, John and Justin, mm -hmm. John Hodgman, Justin Long, they had them for like two days, and they probably banged out fifteen scripts a day. You know, fifteen, twenty something in that neighborhood. Yeah. 
So the one that I did with them, uh, which never made the light of day, was um, John was a uh, like NASCAR guy who was like, I'm slowing down. And so me and two mm. other guys were wearing these coveralls. Like a pit crew or something? A pit crew. Okay. And we're doing a pit crew tune-up to him as he like, mm. you know, um, but yeah, they were very nice. It was a great experience, but yeah, we, ne we never saw it. But they um, had, they even locked the cameras because if you remember, it was just a white background. Yeah. They had the master two shot. They had single, single going, you know, cross singles. Yeah. And that was it. And you would just go. Um, I was, they didn't even have like a callback for it because uh, they, they, they needed too many people. Oh. They're just like, we can't make, okay, just off the tape, uh, these two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, I went in there. I was, I waited for like five hours, six hours. I was there in there for half an hour, and and then that was it. It was gone. Yeah, it was gone. We shoot them all. We'll decide what we what we like best when we watch it. Wow. There wasn't even that level of selection. Wow, that's so weird. Yeah. Everyone thinks like that the, the, the industry is so like rigid and tight. And what do you got? They kind of don't know anything. It seems like when you get in there, it's like. If you have a like a half a better idea and can make it seem like it's somebody important's idea, right? <laughs> and everyone's just trying to avoid getting fired. Yes, you just know? like every business, it's just like it's all cover your ass and just I just don't want to be fired. Yeah, fear based. Yeah, my wife just started a new job. She uh, she's an art director at Warner Brothers, mm. and she really really loves it. But there's like uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of deadlines, a lot of this stuff, and so right now she's. She's been there for about two months, three months, but she's just, you know, trying to get the flow, trying to get, you know, yeah, yeah. you don't want to get. No, but it's so funny, you know, if you let that go, if you let that fear of being fired go, it's mm -hmm. amazing how much further you can actually get because you're no longer kind of focused on that. It's like watching yeah. the rearview mirror the whole time you drive as opposed to looking where you're going. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, I, sure. gave, I gave up on the fear of being fired a long time ago. I said, right. you know, I paid so much into unemployment, I would love to be fired. <laughs> you kidding? Just give bring, me three months. Bring it on. Oh, Mark needs this. <laughs> <laughs> would you like some clams? No, I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm good. Very good. Yeah. I need a break. Suddenly become Gil from The Simpsons. Uh -huh. God, I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and of course, not that that's breaking news, but I had read that they just aped Jack Lemmon from Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Right. And they just... I think the first time they did it, it actually was Jack Lemmon. I oh, was it Gil really? was the... F they, the first oh, wow. time they used Gil, it was Jack Lemmon actually voicing I did not the know character. That. That's what I remember hearing. Wow. Wow. Yeah, one time a friend of mine um, co-wrote an episode, mm. and when they table read it, he uh, got me... In to go to a Simpsons table read. Nice. And it was like on the Fox lot. It was in their offices. And they all do it at a long conference table. Mm. And then there's writers and executives and stuff there. Um, and then they have maybe like 12 or 15 chairs that surround the mm. conference table. And then that's where guests can go. Oh, sit. interesting. So you go into this room. They're all, they're all there. Every seat, uh, even along the wall, has a script in it. Okay. So you can just sit follow there along. and follow along and just kind of like watch as there, you know. That's got to be cool. Julie Kavner did an ISDN. She wasn't there. Mm. Um, but, yeah. And then afterwards, I had like a meet and greet for the guests. And you could have th them sign so, your really? script. Yeah, yeah it was. 
You know, it's it funny. So great. The three movies that I ended up getting produced at the Hallmark Channel, mm -hmm. only one of the last one we did, we actually got to do a table read with everybody the day before shooting started. The other two, there wasn't the luxury of time. They didn't want to pay to have people there. Right. But for some reason, everything aligned for the third one. Great. And it was just so great because I was there with a notepad just writing shit down because, you know, I... Being an improviser, you know you're not going to come up with all the best lines. I was in an apartment by myself writing the script. Right, right. And uh, no other writers, nobody suggested any line changes. They just, I mean, the, by the time I got to the third one, it was just like, this is going into production. I go, I, you want me to do a rewrite on it? So, yeah, there were a few notes. Sure. Did that. Sure. But, so I'm there at the, the table read, and <coughs> the director was uh, George Stanford Brown. Uh -huh. And John Larroquette was the lead. Hey. And Karen Valentine played his wife. Karen Valentine. Room 222. That, that's a sitcom that it. probably predates you. It might. I don't have it. I don't yeah. have it. But I, yeah. yeah it's an sounds, ABC right? sitcom uh -huh. from like the se early, early yeah. 70s. I'm more of a 227. Yeah. Yeah, not Anyway, so they found her. She was doing dinner theater in, in uh, Connecticut or something. Right. Dressed that's her up. Room 222? No, that's how she got my movie. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good for her, you know? And so... I'm sure that was quite a, a they, thrill, thrilling oh, yeah. call to get. You know, you're going to be in this movie if you're out doing... Yeah, yeah. So they... Um, and it was about the... Uh, it was They wanted a Father of the Bride movie. So uh -huh. they said, what can you do this kind of Father of the Bride? I said, well, how about Father of Three Brides? So mm -hmm. That's what it was. It was three... They had three grown daughters that were all going to get married. And it turns out because of a the comedy of errors, they all ended up having to get married at the same day. Great. So anyway, so we're doing this table read, and Larroquette's just coming up with just the best off-the-cuff shit. And of course, when you get in that situation, everybody rises to the occasion. So all of a sudden, everybody's tossing off lines. I'm just writing furiously. So George Sanford Brown afterwards says, did you get any of that? I go, I got all of it. He says, well, you know what? I can do a couple of scenes. We've got a couple of driving scenes. I can get the car and the trailer. We can do those for the first two days. How soon can you get this, the lines written? Because I want to get to the scenes. They go, oh, I'll have it for you tomorrow. Right. No, no, how, we can do some of the scenes. Because they, you know, there were lines all the way through. I go, I, I got them all. Right, right. So when can you do it? I said, I'll have them for you. Right. At seven. Great. Amazing. And he goes, look, don't fuck with me. Just tell me how I can, I can stretch. I can... And the executive producer was a he had become a friend of mine because yeah. he did my other two movies. He goes, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, and so that's that, nice. The next that's morning, nice, I get I know? get I get down to the production trailer. I give him the script girl. She does the blue pages. Mm -hmm. I go, can I give George his script? So I go over to his trailer and I have, here's your script. He goes, nice. fuck. Yeah. He says they should always let the writers be on the set. Right. <laughs> I believe the word is reputation. You get a reputation for being that guy and you yeah. Covered, you know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Are they uh, out there in the Netflix oh, yeah. now? For yeah, yeah. They're all out on DVD and they show up and I get residuals. And Amazing. Amazing. Uh, they just, Hallmark went a different way and didn't want to do high concept comedies. They had a change of management and stuff. So Right. I think I might have been up for a Hallmark movie at some point. I don't know. I don't recall the details. I've been on a, a Lifetime movie. Oh, you there know, you go. Oh, yeah. Lifetime original movie, uh, Imaginary Friend. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with uh, Ethan Embry and, uh, oh, the girl from Party of Five. Oh. Lacey Chambert. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
who hasn't written an imaginary friend script? I've got I've got two of them. Right. <laughs> no, two imaginary friends. Yes, they exactly. Right. And they help me write. No, I have one that I, I have one I've optioned like three times. It never gets eventually picked up and right. made. But. Right. Eh, what are you going to do? I love time travel. Imaginary friend movies are easy. Yeah. Yeah. What are we without our ideas? Exactly. We are yeah. nothing. We are nothing. We are That's nothing. why it's just, you know, even if they're bad, give, it a, give them a jot. So what's what's the long-range plans for for you? I mean, you got your podcast. It's kind of like your constant. You can mm-hmm. always go to that. True. You've got your improv. You can always do that. You've got stand-up. Sure. You've got sure. acting, yeah. which is becomes dependent on others to cast and do that sure. sort of thing. But do you have a plan or is it just I'm going to do this? Well, I'm writing a book right now too. Uh, I pitch projects. I, I, I haven't done anything that hasn't been... Thank you very much. Everything was great. Uh, um, I haven't done anything besides industry-related jobs okay. for a decade. I just got something uh, a couple months ago that said I was eligible for a pension for the Screen Actors Guild. Nice. I was like, hey, that's all right. There you go. But I've you never... tell our waiter we'll take our check. To yeah, our thank you. Um, it's always been uh, the gig economy. You know, one job leads into this and leads into that. Yeah, yeah. I've always felt like it's... Uh, um, you know, you, you read some people just like, so what's next for you? Well, I have an uh, option. I'm, I'm reading some scripts I now. Have no like, I have no idea. I have no idea. No, exactly. I have no idea yeah, in yeah. the best way. And also, too, uh, I've been really lucky that when, when stuff hits, it's like, I, I say this all the time, I know what my year is going to be on December 31st. You know? Yeah. Last year, I booked a commercial on Christmas Eve. Did you really? My agent called me from Florida. Yeah. And it was a commercial with Papa John. It was me, Papa John, and the daughter of Michael Landon spending an afternoon together at the Lakewood Mall. I've dreamt about a life yeah. like that. Well, I'll tell you, man. Yeah. And here's the thing. Uh, when Papa John slaps your back, he slaps your back. It stays slapped. Wow. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And I share this story all the time, too. You know, I know he has uh, these political, you know, people know him from that. But we were in the bathroom at the um, at the Lakewood Mall. As I walk in, you know, he was he was like washing his hands and uh, and um, like, hey, I had a little exchange. And he he went and dried his hands with some paper towels. There were some paper towels that were sitting on the ground that weren't his. He picked him up and threw those away too. He's a giver. That's the guy I want making my pizza. He's a giver. Yeah. Well, particularly the fact he washes his hands. I want him making my pizza. (laughs) Literally making my pizza. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But I mean, that's the mentality of someone who who cares. So it's just like, hey, you gotta you gotta give him give him credit. Also, he had um, dozens of gift cards in his pocket. Uh, for free pizza and everyone he talked to he made sure that they got one and you know and he's very proud of his ingredients because they're not frozen or um, with extra additives and preservatives the whole spot was we had this pizza um, like bar where it was dough at the end and people could make their own (laughs) as they went and they just kind of like pushed it down so I tried to uh, it was a hidden camera I had an earwig in, oh, okay. and I was trying to facilitate people's choices, and you know, because they had like, like a bowl of sausage, and then it had like a bowl of sausage with DHT and HDR, you oh, know, okay. all this stuff. Additives, and yeah, the additives that everyone yeah. else uses. So, um, you know, when they were put side by side, everyone took the stuff that was real cheese, mm. the sausage, pepperoni, all that stuff, and then at the end, he came out. He's like, "You make your pizza like I make my pizza," oh, okay. you know. So that was the that was the hook. Yeah. 
And now you're a shill for Papa John. And now I'm a shill. Testing is this thing. The only reason I came today was to please to, to kiss Papa John's ass. Please, bye, Papa John. Bye, Papa John. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's there's a uh, there's an uncertainty, but I think all the best stuff lives in that uncertainty. Oh yeah. Because a lot of people, if they do it a nine to five, you know, they know what next week and next month, and you know. Is gonna no, it's one, like things I, it's one of the things I don't like about the day job. You know, I, I think if I, you know, hadn't gotten married and said we're going to have a lifestyle that's going to be a certain way, yeah. that I would still be just waiting for the next thing to happen. Because yeah. that, to me, is that's what makes you work. Yeah. You know, that's what makes you excited to get up and go, I'm going to, I got to write 10 more pages because I got to get this script done. If I don't get the script done, it's not going to get out there. That's right. Now I try and work on a screenplay and there's no pressure to do it. Right. Other than to try and do it. It's the same with the podcast. It's like, you know what, if I was just kind of freelancing, I would probably get my podcast done, drop every day, the same day, every week. Right. Right. Because I'm going, I got nothing else going on. I got to get this thing out right, there. Right. 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 It's but instead, true. it's a luxury. It's like, ah, I'll do it when I want to. That's right. It's like hobby comics. You know, those guys that have a regular gig and yet they'll go out and go, oh, I'm going to do some stand up tonight. They never kind of never get better. Right. Because they always just sort of play in town. Right. So their act doesn't get kind of beaten up by out of town. Yeah. And, and they talk about their job on stage. So I work in an office. Yeah. And then they like, you know, but when you become a, a, a touring comedian, you know, all that stuff either goes away or maybe it takes a little, I used to work in an office. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't but know. But you, you don't have that connection to that life anymore. No. Uh, it's, um, I've been doing this bit on stage where it's just like, you know, do you, you remember losing touch with people? Remember when that was an option, you know? <laughs> And it is, once you, uh, uh, well now, people just stay in touch and just, you know, web snoop yeah. and all that other stuff. But you used to, like, leave a job, uh, leave a town, you know, a town, and you never saw those people again. Oh, yeah. And that's what it is. If you, Once you leave, if you lose the connection, you just, you know. There was uh, um, somebody who was doing uh, two nights in Lake Tahoe, um, Howie Nave was yeah. the host. And then there was a guy who came in because Howie went... Uh, uh, trip with his mother oh, okay. and so he came in and he had, like worked at a radio station did some kind of like administrative stuff and he was like talking about that and it's just you know he was happy to be doing stage time and he did well but there is that like disconnect when you're at like a proper show yeah at, where people like spend 25 30 dollars and like so I'm, I'm you know the copier got jammed people are like I thought you were a comedian you know so <laughs> anyway so that's my that's my one cent. Let's say I just okay. give both cents. Just one cent. Yes. Just yes. one cent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good. This has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate the dinner. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, it's my were pleasure. we recording? Did you tell them how you uh, got the gift cards? I got the gift cards for. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about how I did it, but I, I branding. Helped na- I branding. I helped name a magazine. Thank you very much. There you go. Thank you. Uh, and this was part of my my payment was uh, rest gift cards for this particular restaurant. Wonderful. Wow. So that's fantastic. So uh, Matt Knudsen, we'll be looking for you with uh, Grabbing Lunch. Please do. Grabbinglunch.com or mattknudsen.com. Or iTunes. Or iTunes. Or Stitcher. Yes, or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Or perhaps laughable.com. Or perhaps. Which is a new app. Really? About comedy podcasts. Hello. I'll have that, to look into that. That I'm actually helping to curate. Cool. Some of the selections. I mean, they're going to carry everybody, but... Uh, 
there. I've been asked to help them kind of because of my my reviewing history. Sure, would I help them try and pick new and noteworthy you got your stuff? Finger on the pulse. You know, you know what's going on. I don't know. They seem to think so, and it's a great app, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing for them what you did for Papa John's. But uh, <laughs> hey, listen, we are. All... It's uh, after years of you know using iTunes mostly as my podcast mm-hmm. provider. Yeah, um, and it's fine. But it's got some things I don't like about it. Right. Uh, the, the the guys that put this together really kind of made it so they this is actually fun to find these shows and right. download them and play them. Cool. You can stream them. You can download them. Whatever. That's laugh.com. Laughable. Laughable. La- it's just an app. app. It's just an app. It's not a dot com. Yeah, because I uh, uh, I'm leaving Thursday. And uh, I, w- I drove up to Lake Tahoe seven hours. Okay. And I was like, oh, I should have downloaded a few podcasts. Because yeah, I Pandora and stuff, and I was listening to music, yeah. and I was also um, reviewing my my act because the Doc's Lab show was like an hour. Okay. And uh, I have a new hour I'm working on. I did an album in 2014, oh, okay. and so I did, hadn't been doing anything from that, and I just want to you know focus yeah. on that. But um, there were times where you're like, oh, I should like to listen to. Something. Yeah, and then so the, the radio is—you never know. It's so, so this thing's nice. got a great indexing thing that you can search for somebody. Like I could put in Matt Knudsen. Right. Not only will it bring up your podcast, it will also bring up any podcast that you've been a guest on. Cool, which is cool. So, yeah. well, maybe I'll download it before I head yeah. south and. Yeah, yeah. You know. Check it out. Yes. Check it out. And I'm going to label this podcast. A complete success. Fantastic. Ted, we got oh, yeah. yes. yes. And our elbows the, are kind of up pod, and it's a the very... podcast yes, shake. Yes, <laughs> there should, we should develop a sound effect for the podcast shake. I don't oh, know yeah. what it would be. But yeah. something that when you hear it, you go, they're shaking hands right now. I think it's just the cash register. <laughs> <laughs> that is the podcast shake. <laughs> thank right, you, Mark. Thank you, man. Yeah, this has been a blast. Well, that was a whole lot of fun. Having having alcohol during an interview really helps. <laughs> Matt had a great set up the Throckmorton later that night. Again, catch him and his guests on the Grabbing Lunch podcast on iTunes and also grabbinglunch.com. Hopefully I'll catch up with him in L.A. next month for the fifth annual L.A. PodFest, where I'm moderating the journalism and podcasting panel. That'll be at 2 p.m. on Sunday, the 25th of September. The panelists include Phoebe Judge and Lauren Sporer from the Criminal Podcast and Jefferson Graham of the non-podcast USA Today. All right, let's rummage around the tweet sack and see if we've got any outstanding tweets or emails to read from this past week, shan't we? Oh, excuse me, Tweety, let me get in here. We featured the last few minutes of Epi 100 of the Taco Tuesday podcast in our most recent episode in our podcast graveyard segment as they were hanging it up. At the time, I predicted they would be back in some configuration or another, and sure enough, we got a tweet from Dave in the Cave that he and Adam Wolf, two of the three amigos on Taco Tuesday, are going to be back in the saddle with a show called Thunder Taco, which he says will be, quote, the stirring story of two podcasters left for dead by their former showmate and their struggle to start anew. So we will keep an ear open for Thunder Taco. All right. I uh, got a note from Michael Jastrock of uh, Victrola, the Austin sketch comedy podcast we've featured on the show before. He says, quote, warning, this month's episode features a ton of shark references, as well as a scene set inside our absolutely favorite Austin establishment, aside from Cold Town Theater, and the world's greatest movie theater, the Alamo Draft House. 
No, we have one of those now in San Francisco. I've not been there yet, but it's supposed to be a great experience. I guess that second part is not really a warning, come to think of it. He goes on, but if you're not from Austin and don't know the Draft House, it's a cool theater where you get to order food and drink, and they kick you out if you're a jackass and spoil the movie. (laughs) This month's episode features National Treasure Jose Gonzalez from Torch Theater in Galapagos, Meredith May Roberts, Joseph Daly of the Midnight Society, and Valerie Ward from PGRAPH. You can find the show at victrolapod.com. All right, check that out. I got a Skype ping this past week from our friend Davian Dent over in London, co-host of the Strange Time Show, asking if I had a few minutes to jump on with him, Kat Sorens, and Bon from the hibernating Bon and Oboe show. So I did, and we spent a lovely 10 minutes or so bullshitting about, well... You know what? I don't really know what we were talking about, but it sure is fun talking to those guys. Maybe it'll be on an upcoming Strange Time show, or maybe it's already out there. I I don't know, but I haven't seen any word of it yet, so maybe it's still coming. I got a note from Gwynevan PR about a new podcast just dropping this past week, Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show. Uh, you really ought to know that Kevin McDonald was, or I guess still is, one of the kids in the hall. Once you're a kid in the hall, do you ever stop being a kid in the hall? kind of like being president of the United States. Even after you're done, everyone still has to call you Mr. President. So I wonder if they call Kevin Kidd. I don't know. Anyway, his new podcast is from the Forever Dog Network uh, out there, and I just listened to it on my power hike this morning. His first show features Wally Sean, or Wallace Sean, rather, and Brad Roberts from uh, Crash Test Dummies. And he sings two live songs on the podcast. It's actually quite a uh, quite a production. Uh, Wallace Shawn appears playing Sherlock Holmes, and uh, there's some sketches and a couple of interviews. Uh, that's the Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show. I will be clipping it on an upcoming uh, Succotash Clips podcast or Soundcast. Uh, you can also look for his show, Kevin McDonald's show, on iTunes or just Google it. Find out where they're dropping that thing. And uh, maybe we will uh, actually get that up on a review this next week. I think I'll do that for Splitsider.com. All right. That's it for the virtual cards and letters. Let's get on with the carousel of gratitude for all of those who are so kind as to tweet, retweet, forward, mention, like, update, heart, email, Instagram, star, or otherwise pass the succotash through social media. The L.A. Podfest, Jordan Brady, Chris Kaggs, Salty Language, VJ, Alex Brazell, Dr. Peter Fusco, Brandon Collins, Tattooed Bananas Podcast, Mary Cummings, Jake and Tom Conquer the World, Abner Surd, C.J. Morgan, Rita Baloo, Constantine for You, Riding Easy Records, Let's Chat Podcast, Brad Jost, Justin A. Vilma, Monster Party, Ed Wallach. Phil Lerness, Dean Hagland, Christine Blackburn, Monica Homburg, Illusionoid, Veronica Daly, The Hobcast, FYFC Podcasts, Sharbs, Super Meowy, Ryan, Choo Choo Stew, Game World 3D, Jeff Bowman, The Divine Miss M, The Pop, The the Pobcast Network, Ice in the Face, Uncabaret, Art of Brian Clegg, Wendy Stiegel, Lindsay Olson, Corky Knievel, Gary Loper, Alex Borlo, Jeffrey Welchman, Quentin Brodnack, Chris Daniels, Hyperfocused, Kevin Sessia, Ben Lyon, Green Frida, Wicked Theory, Constant Struggle Podcast, Nick Watson, Iten Moe, Steam Pusher, Paco Ramon, Wagal, Wagal, 
Vajlika Show podcast and the DHB Radio Show. And that, believe it or not, is a wrap on this edition of Succotash Chats. I want to thank my guest once again, Matt Knudsen. Don't forget to catch him on Grabbing Lunch Podcast. Before I go, let me prevail upon you to help us by posting a nice, hefty five-star rating and a glowing review up on iTunes. Now, if you didn't like it that much, don't bother to write anything, okay? Because we certainly don't need bad reviews. And if you'd like to help us out in a more concrete way, don't be shy about clicking the hell out of the donate button on our home site at SuccotashShow.com, which is also, incidentally, where you can find the Amazon banner at the top of our page. Every time you click on that thing and buy something from Amazon, they thank us by shaving a little tiny piece off of what you pay, and they hand it over to us. There's also the link to our Succotashery if you find yourself in need of a t-shirt or a coffee mug with our Keen logo on it. Okay, all done. Let me have Bill Haywatt walk you out, and we'll see you here next time with another installment of Succotash. Goodbye. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at ma. Or call into the Succotash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Succotash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Turges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotage. Goodbye.